UFOs, Bigfoot, paranormal input. Go ahead now, get mystical. Mystery and magical. UFOs, not typical. Bigfoot, not typical. You ask me why I'm skeptical. I say questions are questionable. Is the truth alien to you? Alien to get my message through. Aliens might message you. Aliens are sliding through. The wild signal we're plotting to. Algorithms they find is true. Typical. Skeptic. Shut Got no time for no petty germs, pandemic, a pandemic turn, horror still in Amityville, Bayonet in Gettysburg, Mothman, TNT, Factory, Red Eyes, Loki, Dogman, Howling in the Street, I'm typically skeptic of what I see, Voodoo Hoodoo in New Orleans, Thunderbird, Swamp Thing, is it real, I was wondering, typical, skeptic, show, typical, skeptic, show. Hey guys, I have with me, uh, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have another uh, fascinating guest with me back today. I have with me Rocco Fowler, um, his bio, basically he has memories of being in the, more in the Montauk Project. Um, he was born in 1987 in Largo, Florida. His man, family moved to Long Island when he was two. He attended three school in Rubeski and International Guard Base in West Hampton. Sorry, I just woke up, so things aren't coming out. I've got to clear the cobweb. As he sits here, he can't help but try to not to remember a lot of what woke up to in 2014. It has driven him to start writing his very first book called More to Life Than Montauk. For years, he struggled with PTSD, anxiety, and memories of underground facilities he was taken to as a child and brutal experiments. His question is sanity on a daily basis. He continues to journey to finding his truth out there for his two loving daughters. Without them, he didn't know where he'd be. And this is the beginning of the long journey of experiencing strength and hope. He says he's 34 years old. He lives in the Midwest with his family. He's overcome with many leaps and bounds and learned in ways to trust in God for understanding. And I want to thank him for coming on the show. Rocco, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So tell us, like, where does your story start? Okay. Uh, well, first off, I am a uh, surrogate. Um, I was, uh, born in, uh, Largo, Florida, and, uh, I, uh, was, um, basically what my mom would say is she always called me like a chosen one and would read me books as a kid. You're a chosen one. Um, and you know, of course my dad was from the South. He wasn't from New York. So when we moved to New York, um, I ended up having to uh, uh, attend a uh, preschool, um, you know, at, at three years old. Uh, it was uh, Gabreski National. Uh, uh, it's an air, I believe it's an air guard, air force. It's, it's, it was an air force base, I believe, or a national guard um, uh, facility, but I was taken there. Um, I remember being pulled out of class, uh, and being asked all different kinds of questions. Um, now this is at three years old being asked, you know, um, how would it, how would your family feel if you were to kill yourself or, you know, how, how would your family feel if you went home and did something wrong and just always like these like weird questions 
And slowly but surely, uh, I would go on class trips. Now, I spoke with somebody not too long ago about these memories. And uh, it's kind of like, um, you know, questioning your own sanity. 2014 was when I awoke to what I call a nightmare on wheels. Um, basically, I awoke to memories of things that were, you know, from my childhood, but there were other things there as well. Um, when I was a kid, you know, I was always picked on. I was always bullied. Um, I was always placed in special classes um, uh, at BOCES Technical Center. And, uh, you know, um, I always had what they would call uh, handlers, um, whether it was a, you know, a local police officer um, or, you know, um, not an actual biological family member, but somebody who was actually with, you know, my mother and um, or my father, because that's where I started you know, the, 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 see, everybody wants to paint Montauk as being this beautiful space station type thing and beautiful. Ever. I don't remember anything beautiful. I remember nothing but rape, torture, and they would call them Montauk boy meetings. And throughout my life, you know, growing up, I would go to these meetings and I had no memory, like keep in mind, I had nine, I still have nine years of childhood fragmented memories. So the little I get, right, it's like, for instance, you know, there's there's more to life than Montauk, right? There's more to life than Montauk. And what I mean by that is, is a lot of times we get in here, right? And we believe that we're a part of all this stuff. People will tell you, oh, you are a part of this. You are a part of that. You start believing it. And meanwhile, the lie is, or the real, the real truth is behind the dark. And, <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, I started to have memories of when, uh, you know, I was a very troubled kid. Um, I also, uh, you know, threatened to, you know, that, that word we don't like to use because of YouTube. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would be caught in the kitchen with something and it would be to my, you know, and I'd be threatening myself, um, and telling my mother this at the same time. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I, I struggled big time. Um, I struggled really, really big time, hard. It was a hard growing up for me because my dad was never really, I mean, he was in the picture. He took care of me. He made sure I had my, you know, what I needed. But my parents were never my handlers. And I hear that all the time. 
people are saying, oh, my parent is my handler. My parent is my handler. I had to retract that statement because I was so brainwashed in the mix of confusion because there's so much being talked about at once. And you meet all these different people in the community and they're like, oh, I remember you from Solar Warden. You were involved in this program with me. You were, and you're like, wait a minute, what? I don't remember you. I don't remember you. I only remember the 13 kids and probably a good percentage, if not all, except the ones that are locked up still, they don't live normal lives. They don't live with silver spoons in their mouth. They have drug addictions. You know, we were abused in many different ways. You know, growing up on Long Island, was hell, was hell. Um, uh, but uh, I do remember at 10 years old, um, I was uh, actually uh, with a friend and we were walking to the store and this was in uh, Watermill from one of my handlers, uh, you know, um, coordinates and um, who my dad was dating at the time. And all of a sudden I was going to get in his store and I wanna say it was a white van, maybe it was a black van. All I remember was some kind of rag just getting thrown over my face and getting pulled into a van and being taken to a place called Shadmore Park, which you could look it up. It's right um, in the area of Montauk. Um, rituals go on there um, certain times of the year. Um, there are wealthy people, wealthy families. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember being brought into that one room that I showed you in the picture. And there were a bunch of people dressed in these like robe looking outfits and some look to be like I want to say like a a reptilian-ish looking type creature like a Draco and um I I I have you know people telling me that you know the Draco are still there and still controlling the underground no, wait, I have a question. Do, do they look like basically like similar to us? Like, I mean, because some people say like a reptilian is like eight foot tall, but like maybe they, I was thinking maybe they mixed in more with like the public. Like, do they look like it's about as tall as you or I maybe? And they just kind of look like a little bit off, like reptilian-ish, like their skin might be oily because there's scales underneath or something. Or what do you think? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. No better way. So, so they, they do mix in with us. Basically, yeah. Um, people have, uh, you know, they see reptilian genetics, but now what about, you know, DNA labs? What about all these places we go when we're children? How do you know they're not injecting us with something, you know? Um, you know, I, there's all different kinds of things. There's all different kinds of things. Technology, like I said, simulation, um, overly medicating 
children were being overly medicated on Ritalin in uh, the 90s, like nobody's business. It was being handed out like candy. Yeah, so, what that was, you know? Like, that, that, that was kind of bizarre, right? Because I mean, it's a speed. Because it's a speed. Um, it is a speed. That's why people, you know, abuse it. That's why it's, you know, it will keep you up for days. Yeah. Especially Adderall now. And now they have Adderall. So it, it's like when one thing, you know, kind of dies off, they want to start with something else. They want something even more. Like now they have extended release. So people take a bunch of them. Um, even even uh, LSD. I mean, that was more like towards like the, you know, 80s part of the you know program which in my eyes and this is just my honest opinion is i believe that this is a huge pedophile setup because there's a lot of people out there that are getting paid lots of money to talk about this stuff but they have this such extravagant story but they have no factual evidence like myself, but they're getting paid all this money because they have these stories, they write these books, they do all this stuff, and then they try to rope people in. You know, it's 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 a game. It's become a game. And I feel that people's trauma and torture and people who are no longer here, you know, um, you know, like legends you know, like Max Spears and, Max you know, Spears. You know I was okay. To... And well, you know, I, 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 you know, there's someone going around saying some things and you know what? It's not true. It's not true at all. There's no way possible that, that that's true. And then there's people going around and saying that they were a part of it all of what happened to him. It's sickening to me. It makes me disgusted. He's probably more real than a lot of these people. I, I was supposed to interview his mom, but then she, you know, she's going through a lot right now. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I spoke to her this morning and she told me, let it be known. I'm tired of my son's name being, you know, just all walked over and you know all these people are saying oh he comes to me in dreams oh i'm related to him he's i'm his father i'm this i'm that you know and then you start looking back and you're like whoa 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 whoa, whoa wait a minute and then you're interjecting another female into the program right like uh from the program pardon that is his supposed actual biological mother. No, none of that is true. And people are buying onto it. They're biting into it. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And here's poor Vanessa, sick, you know, not feeling well. I wonder why. I wonder why. Because she sits there and hears the web of lies of all these people People that I've been around since 2014, I've been used 
abused by people in the community as well. Um, I had somebody do a show on me and he was questioning me and questioning me and questioning me. And I had just woken up to this stuff. First thing I did was pick up a bottle of vodka and, you know, I didn't know where to go with my life. I didn't know to go left or right. I didn't know what way to go. I was looking for answers. And I realized, you know, up in about, I'd say maybe three or four months ago, I realized that I need to be my own skeptic. Um, even though I'm an experiencer, um, I might not have experienced all these space wars and all this stuff that people talk about, you know, um, and I think a lot of times when you talk about something for long enough, it's going to become your own dream. So it's going to go with you when you go to sleep. So I think there's a lot of people that are, you know, abusing psychedelics as well. And then coming back and saying a whole story, you know, but not putting in there that they were on these psychedelics. But then they're ready to call somebody like myself abroad because I don't have enough impactful story for them. Like I said, 10 years old being raped, you know, by a kid in my school, you know, reeling me in, you know, uh, telling me if I tell anybody I'm going to be placed in some kind of psychiatric center because they're going to think I'm crazy. And this happened multiple times, multiple times. So what it did was, is that basically that right there was like where I kind of became a little bit more submissive in a sense, um, where I, I got to a point also where it was like, I was, I want to say about 13-ish going on 14-ish, um, I ended up, uh, you know, getting into some trouble and uh, I was sent to live with my father right here in the state of Missouri. And, you know, the sad part about all this is, is uh, the night he uh, was, um, uh, you know, something happened very bad um, I was placed right into the foster care system from the age 14 up to about 16. Um, I was put in an abusive Baptist foster homes um, where I'd be, you know, locked in my room. Um, I would not be allowed to come out of my room. I was forced to read the Bible. I was told that if I don't believe in God the way that the Baptists believe in it, then I'm going to burn in hell. Um, and then, I, of course, every foster home I was in, I would basically, you know, I would act up because I didn't want to be there. And I would say that all the time. I don't want to be here. I, I, I want out. I, I don't want this. So then I ended up in a lockdown facility, locked doors. It was just like a jail. 
but it was called the Missouri Baptist Children's Zone. Your windows couldn't even open. It was plexiglass. You were locked inside your room for most of the day, other than school and recreation. Um, Over-medicating children. Um, people were, kids were like zombies. Uh, like zombies, literally. Um, they had something what they called is uh, uh, quite... A few people have spoken about this uh, with like private schools you hear about that are just horrible, horrifying. And the abuse that's done in these types of facilities are inhumane. And it's not helping the child at all by just handing them a cup of medication and then not even telling them what they're taking. And they're completely turning like into a zombie. So I met a girl. Her name was Destiny. And she was in the side, the other side where the girls stayed at. And she said to me one day, she said, we need to get out of here. And so we ended up AWOLing. We got caught. Like, I'd say about two weeks after we got caught, I was headed to a Greyhound trying to get back to New York. Um, I got caught. I got brought back to the same facility. I was placed in another abusive foster home where they didn't feed us right. Um, one of those type uh, Christian foster homes where they sit there and smoke cigarettes and you know, tell you what you're doing is wrong. And, you know, you, you need to do it this way. And the shaming and uh, the, the making you read the Bible and making you go to church and just disgusting and saying that, you know, you're never going to get to see your mother again because she's a drug addict and just very traumatizing. Um, very traumatizing to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I really briefly woke up to these memories. And when these memories came in, it was like about, I'd say three weeks depression, my ups and downs when these memories came in. Um, it, 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 it totally took my focus completely away from Montauk and this is a grounded situation so this is to me is more you know people need to hear this stuff because this is the type of stuff that happens in the foster care system is we're not foster kids we're foster credits that's what we are because for each foster kid the parent gets paid uh, anywhere from five to $600 per kid. So say there's 10 kids in the house and there, there were some foster homes where there were, I had maybe five or six other foster, you know, brothers and, and sisters. And, but everywhere I went, they were so mean. They didn't care about the kids. They cared about the money. Um, 
you know, it, it was like uh, living in hell, having three pairs of jeans, enough shirts to get through the week, uh, you know, maybe a sweater or a hoodie and a couple of jackets or a jacket and a hat. And here's your school clothes for the year and a pair of shoes that would fall apart. I mean, they didn't care. And they take the rest of the money and they put it in their pocket. And a lot of them would come from out of state. They do this program where they could become foster parents. And next thing you know, they become foster parents. They get the money they want, they need, and then they're out the door. They're gone. They tell you, oh, we're moving. And that's what happened to me. Um, at one point, but before all that, after the Baptist home in St. Louis, Missouri, I was shipped off to Springfield, Missouri, to another Baptist children's home, where there was all different kinds of restraining taking place, um, again, over-medicating, um, keeping us locked in a same way, locked doors. You had to ask to use the bathroom. Um, you know, uh, I wasn't allergic to milk, but just because my past record said I was allergic to milk, they were always feeding me something different. So I was the outcast. I was the one that was always put at the, you know, at another table. And these kids would make fun of me and call me all kinds of names. And it got to a point where I just decided I'm just not going to listen. And um, I got restrained a few different times because I threw the medication in the lady's face and said, I'm not taking this crap anymore. I know what you're doing to me and it's not working anymore. I don't want these meds. They make me sick. They make me tired. Sure enough, that night, a car pulls up. These people get out. They come in. I get called out of my room. Um, and they said, hey, you're going to a psych ward. I'm like, psych ward? Meaning psych ward. Oh, you threatened your, uh, you know, to kill yourself, right? Or to, you know, off yourself. And uh, I said, no, I didn't. I didn't. I never said that. So off I went. And while I was inside the psychiatric uh, center, which I don't remember the name, I just remembered they drugged me to no end when I was in there. Um, I basically walked out a robot in the sense of like that lasted for all of, I was there for about, I'd say two weeks, three weeks, maybe max. Um, but very abusive there too, restraining. I mean, and I'm not talking about like just regular restraining. I'm talking about putting their knees into your knee, you know, like really physically, you know, abusing children, abuse, 
That's what that is. Abuse. It shouldn't be tolerated at all. I got something to say. Like, isn't that crazy? Like, it's it's weird. It's not crazy. I mean, it's weird that you you came on my show today, or I don't know when I'm going to put this out. But like, but last night we saw that thing come up with that guy who was. He said he was in the secret space program, and he ended up being. I don't even know who that guy was. I mean, I think your uh, Jesse sent it to me um, first, and then you had sent it to me afterwards about that guy who uh, I guess he was on another show. I don't want to say the name because I like those. Yeah, guys. they seem cool. But like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like, it just shows you that there can be some real creeps. Not not those guys. Those guys that have that show are cool. But the no, guy that no. was on there was a creep. He was he did he's like a a real creep. He's he's, he's abusing children, and not just abusing. Uh, uh, you know, right, right, like right. Well, thing. that's 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 what that's what a, a lot of people are waking up and saying. You know, people are so quick to bring people into that in the, into the you know program or the community, and they don't even know who that person is. You know. Um, I, I've met people in the community on the internet and then, then let them come live with me. And they basically try to manipulate me, use me, abuse me and throw me out. Also, I've had stalkers. Miles Botson is one of them. Follows me to an airport. That's all over, bitch. Now, a rumble, pardon. That's all over rumble now. Just because I wouldn't tell him my story, he wanted to, he said, now you're a fraud. They went out, made a bunch of t-shirts about me. I hear there's t-shirts out there with me and my kids on them. You know, there are people that just do things and think that they just can do it because they can do it. You know, it's, it's not right. It's, it's very disrespectful. It's very disrespectful. But when you call their bluff, they, they want to, you know, oh, threaten you. Like Eric Hecker was a 10-minute conversation between me and him because I didn't answer something that Mr. Montauk boy, who I don't remember, who I've spoken to other people who have been on the Travel Channel, who have been on the show, on shows, on actual television, that even say, I don't remember this dude. I, I, I don't even remember this dude. Like, I mean, older men that take it the wrong way. They're like, you know, this is ruining it, ruining this, making people like ourselves look bad. And this is why a lot of people don't want to come out and talk because they're afraid that their little story, which is a lot to them, because it's a lot to take in. Even if you're dragged underneath the base and the cages in battery 113 in Montauk is chicken wire fence. They're not dog cages. They're not dog cages. So that dog cage stuff that make believe I did that to Mac stuff, you know, uh, it's all manipulation. It's all manipulation. There's so much manipulation going on in this program right now. So much. So I don't identify myself as SSP. I won't. I, I just won't because I don't have any space memories.
Yeah. And and I'm not going to lie to anybody about anything. What I'm telling you is the truth. I have no reason to lie. You know, and I still question myself on a regular basis. It never, that'll never end. I think that's but, meant to be that way. I think it's meant to, so you don't get your memories back, like, or, or whatever, you know, the memories of Montauk. Like, even if you weren't in the secret space program, it sounds like you really were at Montauk. And like, they do that so you won't get your memories back completely. So you're always questioning yourself, like, what well, did I really experience that? Or did that really happen? You know, like, deep down in your heart, what resonates with you is what you experienced. And if it resonates with you, I would bet that you've probably experienced it, you know? Yes. That's, that's the way I feel about it. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I was never in any of these programs. I was never in the secret space program. So, you know, like I just, you know, I, I don't know enough about, I mean, like it's, it's, a, it's crazy though. Like what's going on in, in all these different communities though. And like, there's people arguing back and forth about this and that. And like, it's like, I, I don't want nothing to do with that, man. You know what I mean? I just like, like to interview people and like, and do my show, you know, like I'm not trying to get into the, 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 the disclosure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all different kinds of people too. It's not just like a couple of people. It's like the whole community is like arguing with each other. I don't know if you noticed that. Like oh yeah the ufo community too it's not just the secret space community it's the ufo community it's like you know it's like a lot of people are like trying to and then they try to get you involved they want you to pick a side and i'm like i'm not doing that i have like everybody on my show you know what i mean i don't know well uh yeah there's some people that you know are are just downright cruel um in my own opinion um that uh they feel like if you don't fit their narrative, then you're not worthy of speaking to. I've noticed. Um, I've noticed a lot. And, you know, I've backed away because it's like every time I tell my story, there's people that know who they are and, you know, uh, have taken words that I have used and turned them into their story. So, you know, I, I, that's why it's like, sometimes I, I, I'm afraid to even, uh, you know, talk about some of the stuff because I'm afraid somebody's gonna come grab my story, use it for their narrative and, you know, or their book and, uh, you know, uh, you know, just basically say, screw you to me. It's happened to me multiple times. I've had hosts allow other people to use their shows against me. I have. Oh, wow. Like, I got really, like, emotional about, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, uh, Moonlight and Sonata was played, and... Um, at the time, I was just still dealing with a very emotional part of my life. This was about a year or so ago, maybe two years. But this individual sold me a dream, told me he wanted to do documentary, told me he wanted to do all this stuff. 
And then he went and cherry picked friends of mine, used them, got information out of them and said, basically to me, screw you. You're out of this project. I don't want you, you know, I don't want you anymore. I got what I wanted from you. So it's like, you know, but the cosmic karma comes back around and I've noticed it's come back around with a lot of people because it's just going to keep, uh, people are just going to keep hurting people. Um, you know, what goes around, like I said, comes around. You said you were in that UFO book. Did you ever have UFO experiences too? Like while you were in the Montauk and everything? Well, I, I, I don't have any recollection of like um, Montauk with like ETs, but like I have recollection of three years old. Um, I was laying in between my mother and my father. We lived on a road called Old Country Road in West Hampton Beach. And it's pretty close to where I went to preschool. And my mom remembers this. She's the one who told me and did not tell me this till I was about 33, I'd say. I'm 35 now. And uh, she remembers it, it looked to be like a gray oval-shaped head, but see, these grays, to her, she said, they looked, she was totally froze. She could see it, right? There were four of them standing around the bed, and they were looking at me, and they were like a glowing green. They were like a glowing green, but she said they flickered like a light bulb, is what she said. Now, this could be true, this could have been, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, for sure that that, you know, is true because I was three years old. I mean, yeah, I had night terrors from three years old till 10 years old. Um, I still have night terrors. I still have a hard time sleeping. Um, I still have terrible anxiety. Um, but I... Uh, you know, when I got back from that, uh, back to the home thing, when I got back from the psych ward to this abusive children's home, I uh, was placed on room restriction. And if you would, you know, curse or whatever you would do, like certain things they'd make you do what is called wheelbarrow of rocks. And this hill was steep. And they had 11-year-old kids out there pushing wheelbarrows of rocks up a hill, dumping it, going back down, getting more. When they would finish dumping how many ever wheelbarrows they'd get, I ended up getting 100 wheelbarrows. I was on room restriction, and I'd have to go out in the morning from sun up to almost sundown and move rocks for about, I'd say this was about a good month that they made me do that. And I then ended up in another foster home, which 
that foster home was when I walked in and I, I felt it and it was uh, too good to be true. Um, you know, they, they, oh, we care about you. Oh, we care about you. And then all of a sudden they didn't want anything to do with me anymore. Um, they would, they would, uh, also I'd have to be in my room. I, 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 I couldn't leave my room. I couldn't have friends. I couldn't have girlfriends. I, 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 I had nothing. I had no friend and I was like an outcast, like, and I got kicked out of there and I ended up somewhere else. Um, and that's when I ended up in Kansas city and I was in a really abusive drug infested, um, drug dealers. Um, and it, and it was under a Christian organization and they would not feed us anything but ramen noodles. And they were pocketing all the other cash. Um, and, uh, they were very abusive. Um, the windows in that house, the glass was broken out. There was cardboard in the windows. Um, they didn't care if you were young and smoked cigarettes. I got a question. How does the state let them get away? How do people get away with this stuff? Like you would think that they would have better restrictions on like who's able to take foster kids. Cause I know people have to go through hell to adopt a kid, but I guess it's no, not you don't have to go through hell. It's a six month course through the Missouri Baptist children's home. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, I didn't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, so, but like the, the, so the foster system is really this corrupt. Like it's like really dirty. You're saying. Absolutely. And they believe in medication and just straight Bible. Wow, that's horrible, man. That is. That's, that's that's insanity. Like, that's insanity. And that's happening all over the country, probably, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's one of the biggest and most easiest ways to take a child from somebody, from a parent. And, I mean... I mean, this is why I mean about this, this, this community is people put some information out about me and I ended up having CPS at my door and they know who they are and they call themselves all this space stuff and they're good people and they're this and they're that. But meanwhile, they're making up false allegations about me and it's wrong. It's wrong. It's totally wrong because you never put somebody's children in this. You, you, you don't. You don't bring an innocent child into SSP soap opera drama is what I call it. It's just like a soap opera to me. Yeah. That's why I don't deal with it anymore. That's why I'm like, you know what? I don't believe you because... A lot of the women don't realize it, but I've seen some of these women in the space program, they call themselves secret space, whatever. And then I find them on websites 
selling, you know what, pictures and videos and this and that. So like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's become a porn industry now too. I mean, like, you know, is, is, is that what this is? This, this love and light stuff? Because I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all. Just like, I think this space thing is, it's not provable. It's, it's not provable at all. What I'm talking about is the system itself, is the government itself. This stuff remains to be true. Just all you got to do is look up Missouri, you know, uh, child protective services and, 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 and I'm sure there'll be some kind of like, uh, abuse going on in a foster home or in a group home or you Wait, know I got you a question think, for you do you think that you were put in the foster system because of like what your because of your ties to the montauk project and that do you think it had something to do with that do you, i mean i'm not gonna say yes and i'm not gonna say no um but i had no memory of this when I came home about 16, after I ran away from there because I was getting beat up, I mean, beat, kicked in the stomach, a girl across the street from the house saw this all taking place, you know, screamed across the street and said, what are you doing to that kid? Why are you kicking him? You know, why are you punching him? And this guy just grabbed up off my shirt, threw me to the ground, Lady calls me across the street. I remember everything. Now I'm starting, you know, I'm starting to remember it. I remember her writing her phone number and writing her address. And she said, you get out of there and come to this address. I have a place for you. You don't belong in that home. So I ended up AWOLing that night. I ended up leaving that night. And she was smart because she put it in a cigarette pack. And uh, I put that in my pocket. Like she just gave me a cigarette and they didn't see that I had the address. Who was this? So, was she a good person then? Oh, she saved my life. Absolutely. She saved my life. And thank God and, uh, there's still some good people out there like that, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a very risky situation. Yeah. Because, like, if she would get caught, like, uh, like, uh, like harboring you, then she could have been, like, put in real big, like, she could have gotten in big trouble, right? Yeah. But then, like, what happens to those people then, like, that were, like, that had you before? Like, do they just, like, do they put out a lookout for you or something? And then, like, do they get in trouble? Like, I mean, they probably deserve to be in trouble, but like, you know, for what the way they were treating. Um, unfortunately, it's it's kind of like when you go like in the prison system, everybody's in cahoots. So, if a CO beats you up and you go to a sergeant, nine times out of ten, that CO is actually related to that sergeant. So that sergeant looks at you and says, get the F out of my face. Otherwise, I'm going to lock you up in 23-hour lockdown. That's my cousin. That's my brother. That's my, you know, 
that's it's kind of like a buddy it's kind of like the buddy buddy system type thing you know it's 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 you know they'll clean up each other's messes of abuse to children that come from sometimes bad situations and you know traumatizing situations i mean my father you know god bless then you know was a good man and i witnessed it all and you know i was thrown right into the system i mean not even 24 hours i'm in a police station and but it was like after 10 minutes they got me there they put me in the back of the station and all of a sudden there's some lady sitting in the front and they say, okay, come with us. And I get in a car with this lady and I don't know who this lady is. And we go down this road and we go into the darkness of the woods somewhere and we pull into a driveway and I'm told, go to the room and go to sleep. That was what I was told. That was, the, that was exactly what I was told. So that's how fast that can happen. Oh, wow. They're in cahoots with everybody in the system. Everybody in the system. They have direct lines. That That's the problem with the system. It's like these people, they because they know someone in their family, they get they get hired into places, and these people aren't properly vetted. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I think to, to take care of a kid or to, to have a, a, a position in any kind of, like, state correctional or or even a juvenile system, like, you should be properly vetted. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be, like, um, you know, just allow, allow the job because of, the, the, of a family member. And unfortunately, I know it is like that. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's, it's very much like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the biggest problems with our society. It's like people know other people, so they give them opportunities and jobs and stuff. And then those people aren't like, you know, like the best people in the world. You know, that's unfortunately like, oh, there's a lot of sick people in our world. You know, like there's a lot of like real psychopaths, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you don't realize it until you, you know, like, you're thrust into like a situation where you have to deal with something like that you know like i don't know it's crazy man like it's it's wild like so back to this abduction experience do you think that like you you your mom said you were the back to i wanted to just go over this real quick like did you ever have any other experiences do you think you were taken again or or, or, or i mean i've woken up with marks um you know i got a bunch of pictures um you know i've uh woken up um and felt like you know like my whole like my legs were like heavy you know um I, I i've woken up from nightmares night terrors you know what uh, i always wondered I, I i i can't i can't figure out what that is either i've woken up with marks too and i i'm not one to like i don't want to say that i was ever abducted or i've had a paranormal experience i thought i had something in here 
like a while ago. I thought that there was some kind of entity in here, maybe. I'm not sure what it was, though. I, I have no clue. But, like, that's just weird that you can, like, go to sleep and wake up with marks on you. Like, that's definitely happened to me, too. I don't know what that is. Like, I don't know if that's a spirit or a, a, a demon or, like, a like entity or a... Or right. A, or a, no. Or programs that we don't know about. You know, like, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. It's interesting, though, right? I mean, it's 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 really interesting. It's all interesting. Yeah, it really. Mean, is. There's this doctor. Her name's uh, Doctor Kim. She comes on my show. She said that they can uh, they use your consciousness at night when you sleep. She said the government can use our consciousness at night when we sleep. I don't know if that's true or what. Um, I believe that. Um, that's why. I, I, I kind of, I don't, I don't believe in time travel, to be honest. Um, you know, I've come to the understanding about that. Um, it, it could really just be them, you know, your consciousness, you know what I mean? Taking your consciousness, placing it in a cloned body, um, you know, and using you, you know, yeah, whatever with you you know it's are sending you to another time i i don't know that stuff i don't really try i try to stay away from the time travel i try to stay away from the too much outlandish stuff and the more grounded stuff that really needs to be looked into our children need us this generation needs us they don't need us fighting they don't need us arguing you know Oh yeah, you're not SSP, so you're not a part of my cult. You know what I mean? Oh, you're not. No, 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 no. You know, people calling people drug addicts. You know, writing articles about people that are you know totally false, telling people lies about people that are totally false, that have no merit whatsoever, and. Sometimes these people are found out to be the real perpetrators. And the problem is, is the perpetrators, there's a lot of them in the program that, you know, uh, go to these conferences and speak a love light, you know, whatever horse and pony show, but then they do something totally opposite, you know? They're, 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 they're a total opposite person. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, well, this has been fascinating. I mean, we'll have to do maybe a part two, uh, you know, um, do you want to tell anybody where to find you? If you, do you want people to find you or do you want to, if people want to talk to you about this or do you want yeah, to uh, you can reach me at Rocco Fowler on Facebook, um, message me, um, or you could reach me at, Rocco Fowler 11 at gmail.com or Rocco Fowler on uh, Instagram. I believe it's Rocco Fowler 6. I'm not sure if that's what it is, but it, it's on there. I'm on there. I do lives on there every now and then. But yeah, um, anybody who wants to talk to me about this, I understand this, uh, especially the foster care system and how abusive these people really are. Um, and it's like a wolf in, you know, sheep's clothing. 
Wow, that's 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 actually really scary, man. That is like that, that is the thing to people that that's going on. Like, but it it, it, it's, it has to. I mean, it, this stuff needs addressed. You sometimes you have to address the 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 the, the, uh, the ugly stuff to uh, try to accept the, the good stuff. You know. I, well, that's just the thing. I believe that a lot of people in these programs have childhood trauma that they don't want to add in because they're afraid that it's going to screw their narrative. Oh, God forbid if anybody finds out I was raped or God forbid if I didn't, you know, I was beat by my, my father my whole life, you know, and then sometimes they, 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 they start like basically daydreaming or watching too much TV. And then, you know, they become a part of that and, it just, it's, it's a rabbit hole that once you're in it deep enough, it's so hard to get out of. It's, it's so hard to get out of. But I don't believe people should be going around and saying that they are in any kind of relation um, that's, I mean, in the United States, let alone saying that they're a whatever, a father of, uh, you know, a man who's no longer here, who's been deceased. And, 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 it, and it's sad, you know, that somebody would ever, ever do that. Um, and, and Vanessa doesn't deserve it. She doesn't. Yeah, she's a good person, you know. Oh, absolutely. I stand behind her 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, I I'd like to talk to her about you know like about how she feels about the Max thing. I, I you know it's uh it's it's sad. So no one deserves to lose their child. You know like no one no one deserves that. Like that's I feel really bad for her. Like I really do. And like especially someone as special as he was. Like he was like you know. Oh gosh, yeah. He was he was a legend. Well, all right, man. I'll send you a link when I post this. And uh, and thank you. It was nice meeting you. Likewise. All right. Until next time.